And uh, so I just was very quick into this part. And with what we faced uh, recently with this losing a a member of our church, well, we didn't lose her. We still have her. We just, she's relocated to a different spot. Hallelujah. And, you know, we ought to be celebrating and rejoicing with her because she got to see Jesus face to face in person before we did. And uh, so that's a blessing. And uh, Andrew Womack, I heard him recently. No, I believe it was in his newsletter for June. He said, all grief is self-centered. It's not, it's really not that we're grieving for them. We're grieving. It's us. We're, we're upset about, you know, it's not them we're upset about. And so, uh, cause they, especially if they're a Christian, I mean, it's just, uh, Paul said to die is gain. Hallelujah. So she gained. She's getting her reward right now. Hallelujah. But I wanted to talk about it to the church from the perspective because I, you know, it's just important that we continue to think right. Uh, uh, And he's talking about his, uh, this is Bill Johnson talking about his, uh, uh, how he, his healing ministry, the ministry of healing that he has come into, and and it was a process getting into that healing ministry. Uh, he said, in hindsight, I could see I had dropped the ball. I had allowed myself to become shaped by what didn't happen instead of motivated by what did. And that's where it's important that we, right now as a church, take that stance and not allow ourselves to be shaped by what does not happen. Uh, There's going to be times when something that we want does not happen, but we won't be shaped by that. Instead, we will focus on and concentrate on what did. So I made a covenant with the Lord. I believe it was on the plane. I promised I will never change the subject if you will touch me again. And uh, so, uh, so, because what had happened is God had touched him in a healing ministry, and then he began to be focused on the people that didn't get healed, and he got unplugged from the anointing and he said now God if you'll touch me again with that anointing I won't he says I'll never change the subject I won't in other words I won't say okay I'm not going to mess with that hallelujah so does that help you it helped me stay motivated by what does happen not by what doesn't we won't always understand the whys there's always a reason why it is never God It's not that God didn't want to. It's not that God couldn't. It's not that it wasn't His will. Obviously, His will is to satisfy us all with long life. And uh, but so don't change your doctrine because someone you love and think is wonderful, which we do think Jennifer is was wonderful, is wonderful still. Hallelujah. Uh, We don't change our doctrine because of that. And I like what uh, Cheryl Pruitt Salem said. You know, one of her, she lost a little daughter. And uh, the Lord spoke to her and said, Gabriel, I believe was her name. Gabriel is not in your past. She's in your future. And that's why that Jennifer is not in our past. She is in our future. Hallelujah. And she'll be welcome. She'll be one of those welcoming all of us when we when we get there. Hallelujah. So that's a good thing. Thank you, Jesus. So, you know, uh, don't allow yourself to get all puzzled and I just don't understand and all that. It will hurt your faith. I remember when uh, I used to get so upset when a faith person died. Uh, if they were connected to Rama or faith, I would be like, oh, my Lord. And I would just, and I remember even as long ago, not that long ago, when we lived here in Tuscaloosa, the worship leader at, at, um, 
at Word of Life Christian Center died. And I went, Jesus, if Kim Whitman didn't get healed, how in the world is there hope for anybody? Because she was so powerful. But sometimes people are very powerful in one area, like leading worship, she was. But they may not, they may, they're not Superman. They may not have everything together in every area. And so don't allow yourself. You know what? And I'll tell you something else. And one of the reasons it shook me so is I was in a faith fight for my own health at the time. And so it was like coming against me because like, oh, my word. But the Lord had to show me. He said, you know, her faith has nothing to do with your faith. Her circumstance has nothing to do with yours. And we don't ever always know what's in people's hearts. And sometimes what's in their heart was was planted there long ago, even in their childhood. And they, you know, and they're just, and it interferes sometimes uh, with healing. And so uh, don't allow yourself to be puzzled. Just say, Lord, I just trust you. And I'm putting my trust in your word. And your word is true. It don't matter what happens. It don't matter what happens. Your word's still true, and it's true for me. Hallelujah. So don't let your faith be harmed by anybody that messes up or anybody that, that doesn't uh, get their full healing. Or Hallelujah. And pastor always says, you know, there is nothing to be ashamed of when you went to heaven. Hallelujah. So that's where we're at tonight. I want to talk tonight. I believe the Holy Spirit's leading me in this real strongly. I'm still talking about being hungry a little bit, but really kind of taking a whole different direction. But over in Matthew 5, 6, turn to Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. We know this, but we'll start there just because that's a good place. It says, uh, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And one thing we've talked about in the last few weeks that it's really good to ask God to increase our hunger. In fact, instead of trying to make ourselves do something we don't want to do, for instance, maybe you just don't have any motivation to pray. You wish you did and you would like to pray, but you just don't find yourself motivated. Instead of trying to make yourself do something in the flesh, which does not glorify God, ask God to increase your hunger. And the other thing we found out to do is to expose yourself. We need to, if you, if you want to get hungry for something, you expose yourself to it. And last week we talked about how if you just expose yourself to chocolate cake, guaranteed, Guaranteed you will want it unless you just don't like chocolate. But even then I found, because I have a grandson that does not like chocolate, and I have found that even though he will not eat the cake, the smell of it and the fact that we're all eating it motivates him to go and rumble through the refrigerator and the cabinets to see if he can find something else. And he will always come, Nanny, do you have anything that's not chocolate? And Nanny, can I have this? I mean, you know, and can I have that? And uh, hallelujah. But I, uh, 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 so, so even though he doesn't like chocolate, guess what? It's still motivating him to want dessert, to want something sweet. I mean, he doesn't go, Nanny, everybody else is having chocolate cake. Do you have any hot dogs? He never says that. He always wants, do you have any cookies? Do you have any Oreos? He likes the vanilla ones. Do you have any Oreos? Do you have any vanilla ice cream? Do you, you know, and he's always looking for something. So it's a motivating thing when you expose yourself to something. So if you expose yourself to prayer, you'll get hungry. If you expose yourself to the word and begin to read the word, you'll get hungrier. And if you'll ask the Lord, he'll also help you. He'll 
he'll create hunger. One of the things we're praying is for God to create a hunger in the people of Alabama, Tuscaloosa County. Hallelujah. That they're getting hungrier. Hallelujah. And one of the things we're hungry for, I, we have an appetite for healing here. We are hungry for healing. Hallelujah. We're hungry for a move of God. Yeah. Praise God. And our hunger is increasing. There are times when I, like Monday night at prayer, it was like I could just, I could just, oh, I could have just bit a chunk out of the wall. I was just, because we just got so it, uh, caught up into the hunger uh, for the move of God and the things of God. So in this hunger, it got me to thinking about tongues and praying in tongues. And so I want to talk a little bit tonight about tongues because I read somewhere, and this is one of the things that got me motivated, and I know this is true, that tongues is the doorway to the supernatural. And if you think about it, we can prove that out in Scripture that, that you just don't see the supernatural until you get baptized in the Holy Spirit and you speak in tongues. The supernatural will not operate in your life. And we know we, Jesus instructed uh, His disciples right before He left. We will look at the Scripture in a minute. But He left instructions for them to tarry in Jerusalem until they received the power from on high. Hallelujah. Because he knew they were not going to be able to accomplish what he had called them to do. They were not going to be able to flow in the supernatural until they had the, 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 the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. That they had to speak in tongues because it's the doorway. It's what gets us, it's what gets the supernatural rolling or flowing in our lives. So when I heard that statement, tongues is the doorway to the supernatural, I began to think about how powerful tongues had been in my own life and how powerful tongues was in pastor's life. The Word teaches us so much about tongues that it's just pretty impossible to misunderstand. The only way to misunderstand is to believe a man's doctrine instead of believing the Word of God. And that's what we have is we have a lot of Christians in the body of Christ that they don't ever study the Word for themselves. You know, they don't think for themselves. They just think what their denominational church tells them to think. And they don't, if they ever look to the Word of God, hallelujah, they would know the truth and they could be filled with the power of Almighty God. So tongues is the answer. When we feel like we have more to go, we, we need to go on with God. Tongues is the answer to get us through the doorways and through the next steps. And, and help, tongues is the way to help us find the plan of God for our life. And, uh, because, and we'll, we'll look that up in a minute, look at the scriptures. When you're feeling empty uh, or dry, tongues is the answer. You need to get off and pray in tongues and uh, really stir yourselves up. Uh, when we, when, you know, uh, one of the things the Lord showed me, and recently this church, um, we're always praying about this, and, and you can ask the prayer, the people that pray on Monday night, you can ask about this, but we're always praying that God, that we get, be able to move forward and go to another level. The, the Christian life was never meant to be stagnant. The kingdom of God is always advancing and always moving. And it was never meant that we would just get saved and park there for the rest of our life or even get baptized in the Holy Ghost and speak in tongues and park there. 
But the kingdom of God is advancing, and God wants us to grow, mature, and move higher in the things of the Spirit. Um, thank God we can. Thank God that you, you're not limited to what you know today. You can learn some more. Hallelujah. Thank God you're not limited to the power you're able to flow with today, but you can learn some more. Hallelujah. So uh, when the Lord showed me that when we move up a level spiritually, and I believe recently when we made that move to move into town and move into this church, even though it looks a little strange on the outside, a lot of supernatural things look very strange. You can read the, through the Bible and the things that happen supernaturally usually were very strange looking, including go to the upper room and tarry until the Holy Ghost be given. And then, man, they got out in the streets of Jerusalem and people thought they were drunk. And Peter got up and had to say, no, these people aren't drunk as ye suppose. But this is that which was prophesied by the uh, prophet Joel. Hallelujah. Praise God. And so uh, it looked strange, though. It looked like it looked like they were uh, they were drunk with wine. But the but Peter said, "No, this is not natural wine. This is new wine. This is the new wine of the Holy Ghost." And so it'll look a little strange. So moving into town and leaving a church building that was uh, more configured like a church building, I guess you would say, than this one, seemed a little strange. But And one of the things the Lord showed me, He said, Debbie, when you move up a level spiritually, and I, I think you'll, this will help you, it's like moving into a new house. It's like if you got a new house and you moved into it, at first, when you move into a house, things are very chaotic. How many of you ever re remember moving? And, uh, well, you know, and man, I tell you, there is boxes piled everywhere and you can't find anything. And, uh, you know, it's just there's so much that needs to be done. There may be cleaning or painting. And, and man, you just feel overwhelmed and you feel frustrated and you feel like, man, I feel like a fish out of water. And if you don't just move across the street, if you actually change location, you know, you ever watch House Hunters International and they move from Chicago over to some little third world country? One guy on the internet said, you know, isn't it strange that you can move to a third world country that doesn't have anything and you can't find a house cheaper than $350,000? <laughs> He was his point was this thing is all just staged, you know, because there are houses in this third world country cheaper than three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. It just makes a good TV show, and uh, but anyway, there is just a tremendous culture shock to move into something like that. The food is different. The way people do things are different. The bathrooms are always so tiny. The bedrooms are so tiny. You know, everything's different. Hallelujah. And he, the Lord said, when we move up a level spiritually, sometimes we are expecting, oh, this is going to be, I'm going to move forward with God. I'm going to press through. I'm going to grow. And we expect it's going to be just so wonderful. Man, there's going to be more finances. There's going to be more blessing. And there is. But first, there's going to be chaos. And you're going to feel uncomfortable because it's not, you're not used to that level. It's a different air. It's a different climate. It's a different temperature. Hallelujah. And man, and the, the, I'm saying all that to say this because tongues is the answer. 
Tongues is the way you get the in the spiritual realm. Now, in the natural realm, you start unpacking boxes and arranging furniture, and you start cleaning up and putting up and, and all these things. But in the spirit realm, what you do when you move up another level is you start praying in tongues, and the Holy Ghost begins to bring divine order and sort things out in your life. And if there's not divine order in your life, I'll tell you, you hadn't been praying in tongues enough either because you just don't pray enough or you, uh, or you don't know how to pray in tongues. You haven't ever received that. But uh, if you will pray in tongues, your whole life will come into divine order. It will totally straighten out. It will. Pastor and I are proof that you can straighten out and... Um, so praise God. It's a it's a it's a wonderful thing. So uh, <clears throat> when that that sorting that you have to do in the natural, where you sort things and you get things in the right rooms, that's what you do in the spirit when you pray in tongues. You sort out the problems and the the things of your life and things that need to be changed. The Holy Ghost changed sometimes without you even knowing it, but sometimes He shows us and He gives us a witty idea or He gives us revelation. He gives us wisdom. Okay, so so we spend that time sorting. There are too many believers today that think that everything is all up to God. I can tell you, folks, nothing is up to God. He went to the cross. Jesus did. He died. He paid the price. He was resurrected from the dead. And But what did he say on the cross? It is finished. He was saying, I'm finished now. And he has sat down. And sat down means he's not working anymore. He is at the right hand of the Father and he has sat down. His part's complete. It's our part now. This is the church age, and it's the church's part. And what we won't do, won't don't do, won't get done. Long time ago, the Lord said to me, He said, Debbie, I'll answer all your prayers, but I won't pray any of them for you. Hallelujah. And a lot of people think, a lot of Christians think, well, it's just all up to God, and they're just doing nothing. You know, another thing that has stopped the body of Christ and stops Christians is that. Um, it's they have this have you ever heard it's just in god's hands even concerning healing sometimes we just say oh it's just in god's hands well no it's not it don't really have anything to do with god he paid the price by his stripes you were healed and now it's up to us to discover all the keys to 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 believe and to receive and and all all of it's up to us Hallelujah. And so uh, it's not in God's hands. You know, the weather's not in God's hands. He, to- he gave us authority in the earth. Hallelujah. And most of the time, you know, we can ask. I like to have a asking posture. I guess it makes me feel better. But I also know that it's up to me to take authority, you know, and say no. God's not going to take the authority over the devil for you. I remember Brother Hagin telling the story about uh, Jesus, one of the times that Jesus appeared to him. And uh, uh, so, uh, <coughs> hallelujah, uh, can I get a volunteer? How about, come, can you, you want to volunteer for me? Can you come up here? All you have to do is stand right here between me and Pastor. Yeah? Jasmine, I didn't think any of the adults would be brave enough, but you're brave. So stand right there between us. Now, I, 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 this is no reflection on you, but uh, we'll just, here, let me get between and this will be better. We're going to pretend that you're praying, uh, hallelujah, and we're going to pretend he's God, okay? 
And you're going to, we're going to pretend I'm the devil. Hallelujah. I'd rather say I'm the devil than to put that on her. So hallelujah. So she was praying. Brother Hagen was praying and there was a devil. But, and, no, and, and, and so Jesus appeared to him. And so Jesus is talking to Brother Hagen. But there is a devil between uh, standing. He saw it. Brother Hagen saw it. A demon spirit. And, and he's trying to hear Jesus. Jesus is talking. And that, that spirit is... And she's like... And he's like, I, I want to hear what Jesus is saying. Wouldn't you want to hear what Jesus is saying? And he just put up that for a long time, but finally, <laughs> hi God, yeah. Um, but finally, uh, something in Brother Hagin just rose up, and he said, "Get out of here in Jesus' name." And Jesus said to Brother Hagin, "said I am so glad you finally did that, cause I couldn't." And he said, "Boy, it messed up Brother Hagin's theology bad. It's like Jesus, why couldn't you get rid of the devil?" Well, why is the answer? You know. You've been taught in this church. We are the ones with been given authority. Jesus has done all he's going to do. And so you can go sit down now. So You're a pretty you, devil. I'm a pretty devil. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think I'd rather be an ugly Christian than a pretty devil. <laughs> you know, they come in, they come like that pretty. They don't come, the devils don't come with pitchforks and red suits on and a long tail with an arrow on it or whatever it's, yeah, hallelujah. That's only in fairy tales. No, it, it's, uh, the devil kind of can look really good. Hallelujah. And smell sweet. Hallelujah. Just ask a lot of people have married the devil and he smelled good. He looked good and talked sweet for a few days until he said, I do. Uh, thank you, Jesus. Uh, so anyway, um, uh, the, the, and so uh, he, he now we he he said something about that devil just kept yakety yakking, and you know there's devils that just yakety yak, and they holler out and try to get you all distracted. So it's not in God's hands. We have the authority. Uh, Another kind of Christian believes that 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 believes that everything God does will be perfect. Well, now in heaven that's true, but on earth He's chosen to use people, and any time you put people in the mix, it's not going to be perfect. Hallelujah! And so they can say, "Well, that wasn't God because that wasn't perfect," or "That wasn't God," so that'll get you all messed up. And then. Um, <clears throat> Praise God. Um, and then there's the people, and I ha I don't know where I put this, but I may, I, it's like I got my notes out of order. Imagine that. But that uh, they're, they've taken Ephesians chapter 6 and where it says, and having done all to stand, stand therefore. Let's go over there to Ephesians chapter 6. Because you will, you, you know, the devil will eat your lunch if you don't have understanding of this. There's a lot of people that say, man, I've just done all I know to do. And the Bible says, having done all, you know, uh, in verse 6, verse 13. And in that passage of scriptures, it's talking about putting on the whole armor of God. Well, I think I'll start up there. It says uh, in verse 10, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Well, there's a lot of things in here that gives instructions to you. One of them is be strong in the Lord. 
And then put on the whole armor of God. There's a verb, put on. There's something for you to do. You know, and that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. He didn't say you didn't wrestle. He just said it wasn't against people. You're, there's going to be a wrestling against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in the high places. Thank God we've got the Holy Ghost. And then he said, wherefore, take unto use. There's another verb, take. We have to do something. The whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. And a lot of Christians go, oh, I've just done all. Now I'm just standing. Well, let me tell you something. All of us are so far from having done all that you can't even believe how far we are from having done all. There isn't anybody in this room, or I'd say in the body of Christ, that's even gotten to the tithe of having done all. The 10% of having done all. There's always something more we can do. You may just be praise. It may just be speaking in tongues. Tongues, that's my point. You still hadn't done all. You may have prayed in tongues a little bit, but wait till you've prayed in tongues so much that you wake yourself up in the night speaking in tongues. Now you might be getting close. Wait until you speak in tongues without thinking about it. You don't even think about what the neighbors would say. Have you ever been that in a place of such desperation? I remember one time in Seminole, somebody had a wreck right in front of the church. A, car, a church member had a wreck right in front of the church. Uh, and, and, and she was hurt. And we, we were having a church work day. She should have come to the church work day. Hallelujah. <laughs> and so we all ran out in the street. And, you know, we didn't care. And there was ambulance people. There was everybody. And we were just, We didn't care. You know, hallelujah. You know that you might even start getting close to, to doing something when you quit caring. As long as you're caring, you had near done all. And actually, that doesn't even mean that. It actually means having overcome all, then stand. Hey, you don't even get to stand until, first of all, you overcome all. There, there, there's a battle to fight. Hallelujah. Okay, so um, let's look at some uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 12.10. You know, a lot of Christians just like, okay, this is, it's up to God whether we get a miracle or not. No, it's not. Hallelujah. I've heard this many times. Well, if God wants to heal me, He can do it right here at my house. In other words, I'm not going to make any effort to go to church or to go to a healing meeting or to go somewhere where they have a healing school. He's got to do it right here in my living room. Hallelujah. I heard that many times. Probably not going to happen. You're probably, you know, that didn't used to be the mentality. We, we read about the, the Wigglesworth and the John G. Lake, but in those days, they put them in, they would load them up and put them in an ambulance. They would hire an ambulance on their own to bring them in and lay them on stretchers in the auditorium. And the auditorium would be filled with wheelchairs of people seeking healing. 
And there was no, and some of them would be laying on stretchers and a nurse would come with them to take care of their IV. That's the kind of hunger we're going to have to get back, isn't it? Okay, 1 Corinthians 12, 10. You know this, but I just want you to notice something. It's talking about the gifts of the Spirit here. And I want you to notice it's not, uh, we just like, oh God, we want a miracle. Well, here it's called the working of miracles. And the Bible says that he gave these gifts to men. So we're going to have to not just believe God. Oh, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, it's all up to you, God. It's up to you now, God. That's just another word for I'm tired, I'm giving up. Because it is the working of miracles and it is gifts unto men. And that means you have to work at it. That you work to get miracles. You work with people. You work with the person that need, you have to work with them to get them into a miracle. Hallelujah. I've been reading the book of Joshua. And I was uh, thinking about how, how different we are from what the Bible says. And how we, a lot of times, just like that all up to God thing. And just waiting on God to do something. But how they had to do a lot to get into the promised land. And that it was not sweet and easy. Now, the promised land was a blessed place that says it's a land flowing with milk and honey. It was promised to them. It was given to them. It belonged to them. It was their inheritance. It was their covenant, just like we have a covenant with Almighty God. But boy, the struggle they had to, to manifest that covenant. And I was, I've just been reading about how uh, Joshua, first of all, uh, they had to cross the Jordan River. I've read where it was in flood stage at that time. Uh, certain times of the year, the Jordan River would flood. And uh, it took faith. I mean, they had to use their faith. And the Bible says that that Jordan River parted just like it, the Red Sea parted when they crossed over. And they, so they crossed over and they went into the promised land. And then they had to start cleaning out their promised land from their enemies. And that's a lot of kind of how we have to do. When we move up a level spiritually, we have to start. There's going to be opposition. There's going to be a fight. You don't think the devil's just going to say, yeah, y'all go ahead and do that. Y'all go ahead and take that. Y'all just go ahead and have, just go ahead and be blessed. Go ahead and be healed. Go ahead and prosper. No, he's going to try to fight it. Now, as you clean out the promised land, you will um, eventually you'll get to the milk and honey part. And then guess what? God will say, okay, now it's time to move up another level. And so you'll climb those stairs of the Spirit, and that's work in itself. Because you're climbing the stairs in prayer. Then you're on another level. Then you're back to the chaotic part again. And my life is all messed up. Boy, I tell you, my feelings are everywhere. I don't feel comfortable. I feel uneasy. I'm out of my comfort zone, you know. You know, did you feel any of that when you moved to Alabama? Boy, I felt it. It's like, you know, the atmosphere is different in every state. I can't imagine what I'd feel if God had sent me to Connecticut. Oh, my Lord. Oh, Jesus. Help me, Lord. Help me. Hallelujah. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. At least there were some people here that acted normal, you know. 
Good, there were good people in Alabama. There's some good people in Connecticut, too, I'm sure. Hallelujah. They just don't ever put any of them on TV. That, that's my problem. <laughs> Hallelujah. Just like when, when CNN comes to Alabama, how do they find the people they find? The ones that never shaved, never took a bath, never had a haircut, got no teeth and tobacco running out of one side of their mouth. It's like barefoot and, you know, it's like we are not any of us like that. Hallelujah. So I'm sure that's the same. And they try to make everybody in Connecticut look real sophisticated. You know, hallelujah. Praise God. Colin went to Pennsylvania because his in-laws used to live there, and he told us that there are some of the biggest rednecks in the world live in Pennsylvania. So I did not realize that. So I knew that'd be a very interesting thing for you. Uh, uh, so this promised land we're entering into, and Joshua's entering into, man, the enemies were there, and God didn't give them an easy job. He said, you need to go in, and the first city I want you to take is Jericho. And boy, it sounds good, because man, all they had to do is walk around that city once a day, and then on the last day, seventh day, they walked around seven times, then they blew the trumpet and gave a shout, and the walls fell down. But they just was getting started. That was just that was just the getting start point. Then he said, I want you to go in, I want you to kill every man, woman, boy, and girl. And I want you to burn every piece of clothing, all the food, burn all all the treasures, the gems, the iron, the gold, the silver, the brass, the bronze, burn it all. Don't touch anything. It was the tithe. It's what it was. They could not touch a thing. Because you're not supposed to touch the holy tithe. It was the first fruits of the promised land. Okay. And so they did that. But one guy, Achan, he got... Uh, covetous and he said I was covetous and he got a bar of gold and a bar of silver and a, a Babylonian, Babylonian garment whatever that looks like and he hid it in his tent and all of a sudden so Joshua they're confident and they go to the next city I and they get they have to run for cover because I is a little town but they whooped the tar out of the of the children of Israel they did and killed 36 of the children of Israel. And okay, what? And Joshua's mad at God. What's wrong, God? What's wrong? We see always want to try to blame God. And he said, No, there's somebody in your camp that's got some stuff hid. And so they found out who it was. They took them by law. They brought everyone, they brought everybody before. And, and then the Lord would say that one and then that family. And then they'd go to the, and finally they got him and they found him and he admitted it and they got him and they got his kids and everybody kin to him and, and immediate kin and took them out and stoned them because that's what God told them to do. Hallelujah. You know, in the Old Testament, God had to deal with sin very decisively. And so, you know, God was going to, because the, so then he, he tells Joshua, he said, okay, everything's clear now between uh, me and you. Now go take I. And you know, in I, he said, now, now kill the king and kill the, the, the men and the women and all the people, but you can take the spoil for yourselves. God is always going to bless. And so he, you know, they now they're starting to inherit the goods of the promised land. So, hallelujah. But there was work to do for them to enter into these things. And we have to do some things to enter in to the promises of God. And one of the things God has given us to do is to pray in the Spirit. 
to pray in tongues. He has given us a supernatural language, supernatural equipment where we can pray out the plans, the purposes of God. We can pray out the problems. We can get our life in divine order. He will. We can get the wisdom of God transferred from our heart to our mind and uh, so that we have understanding. Hallelujah. So I want to look in Acts chapter 1 and we'll look at some of these scriptures about praying in the Spirit now. Hallelujah. But my point was, you know, I could have just taught this the way we've always taught it, but I just felt like the Lord's saying, you know, I've given my people this gift and they're just not using it enough because they're expecting me to do everything. And they're even relying on head prayers. Head prayers are when you just pray the first thing that's on your head. You just pray out of the mental realm. And head prayers don't do anything. Oh, you might ever once in a great while hit something that was just exactly how God would have had you pray it. But I can guarantee you it'll be few and far between because the Bible talks about how the flesh is in opposition to God. I don't know if that was an angel or a kid, but something was just dancing back there in the corner. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Acts 1, I'm expecting angels. Acts 1, verse 5. For God, for John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Now, this is Jesus talking to them. You shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Oh, hallelujah. Acts 2, verse 2. And it said, And suddenly, this is when after they went to the upper room and they tarried, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. Hallelujah. Now, praise God. This is just a description of what it looked like. He said it looked like little flames is what it looked like. You know, because sometimes a flame can look like a tongue. Well, that's what it looked like. It looked like flames, but he's just given a description there. Um, 1 Corinthians 14, 8. We're going through this fast. I'm not doing a comprehensive teaching on tongues. But I won't because I won't because I know you know. I know you. most of you have been baptized in the Holy Ghost. If you haven't, God wants you to be. And because uh, he wants you to have power. He wants you to have power for a victorious life. 1 Corinthians 14, 18. He wants you to have power to minister for him. I thank my God I speak with tongues more than ye all. That was Paul talking. Now the Corinthian church uh, liked to speak in tongues and they were speaking in tongues a lot. So he gave them some instructions about how to do that in the church setting. And then, But he said, but now I'm not trying to discourage you from speaking in tongues because I speak with tongues more than you all do. And here's how we know that it's a major key because the life of Paul. And the fact that he was able to write the greatest, the, a great portion, nearly all of the New Testament was written by Paul. And the revelation that he had, hallelujah, came because he spoke in tongues all the time, practically without ceasing, more than you all. Glory to God. Look, in that 1 Corinthians 14 too, are we there? 
We'll go up to verse 2. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. That's a good thing to know. You're not talking to men when you speak in tongues. You're talking to God. So if we're going to be talking to God, one of the things the Lord's shown me is we need to focus on God. We need to focus on God. And you can do that a lot of ways. One way that I do it is I will either see myself in the throne room. Sometimes I see a staircase and him sitting at the top on a throne. And I see myself talking to him. Or sometimes I will just see, like in prayer earlier this evening at 6.30, we pray on Wednesday night and you can join us. I saw Jesus sitting right there where you were. I just saw it in my mind. You say, well, how'd you do that? I just... I just closed my eyes and said, okay, Jesus, you're there. And you say, well, that's just your imagination. Yes, my holy, sanctified imagination. That's why you were given it. So that you can, the imaginations is what you see with. It's what you see with. It's not intended to, to imagine bad things. It's which how most people use it. Or to imagine what could go wrong. Or to imagine the worst. Or imagine what would happen if your husband died. The devil will try to get you to imagine all sorts of things. But you're to, we are to use our imagination and let God... Let God by the Holy Spirit show us. So I'm see I just I just make it a point to say, well now Jesus is sitting here and me and him are talking. I'm talking to him because when I pray in the spirit, I'm not talking to man. I'm not just filling the atmosphere with something. I'm talking to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And Jesus is so precious. He likes it. And he will just sit there. I mean, the other day I was sitting in the backyard in a chair and he's like, I just, he was sitting out there with me across the way. And I mean, he was there. It was real. And he had on a white robe. Hallelujah. And so I'm sitting there and I had a man, I tell you, because we are in that place where we moved up to that new level and there has been chaos in the spirit realm and just so many things to sort out. And I was praying serious tongues. I mean, I was, and I was looking him right in the eye and I was, and I was praying to God in tongues. I wasn't just, no, I am praying and I am serious and I am, I'm just like that. But Jesus, you know, he's already got it all worked out. And you know what he said to me? I'm sitting there, the fans blowing on me on my porch. And he said to me, I heard him say it. He said, I don't ever get hot. <laughs> and I'm like, this is serious, Jesus. I, I mean, here you, and he said, I don't ever get hot. And so I'm thinking about it as I'm praying. I'm thinking, well, yeah, you got your resurrected body. And I thought, well, boy, won't that be nice when you're never hot or cold? In your resurrected body. And Jesus is not ever hot. He's not ever cold. He's not lukewarm either. But I'm talking about temperature wise. Now he, when he walked the earth, he knew what it was to be cold. He knew what it was to be hot. But not now. He's in a resurrected body. And so he's sitting there and he says that to me. And so I just keep praying because this is serious. And he said, this is, he is so funny. He said, uh, <laughs> I just wear white in the summer to fit in. <laughs> he had on a white robe I thought to myself Jesus you've got on a robe you don't fit in <laughs> you know I mean it was humorous but he got me laughing 
he got me to quit being so intensely serious. Hallelujah. I just wear white in the summer to fit in. And he was he thought it was really funny. I mean, and I thought it was too. Hallelujah. But we pray to God. We need to direct our tongues to God. I think we've just been La 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 just out into the atmosphere. That's more that you know, sometimes I know you may think, oh, that woman, she's strange. But isn't it more strange to just kind of be in la la land speaking in tongues than to actually know you're talking to somebody that's real? You do believe God's real, don't you? You do believe Jesus is real? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. So um um and then it says in 14.2, it says, He speaketh not unto men, but unto God, for no man understandeth him. Howbeit in the Spirit, he speaketh mysteries. So when you speak in tongues, you're praying out mysteries. That's the hidden things, the secret things. Not things that are hidden from you, but things that are hidden for you. Things that you can't know in the natural realm, you can only know them in the spirit realm. Hallelujah. Verse, uh, then he, uh, 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 you know, the good thing about tongues is, he said, no man understandeth them. That is so good that nobody else can understand when you're praying in tongues. Because, you know, everybody wants to give their opinion about what you're supposed to do and what you're not supposed to do. Hallelujah. So you can, you can just pray this mystery out. And you know, another thing is Satan can't understand it because I guarantee you the minute he knows about it, he's going to start fighting you. He starts fighting it. And then uh, I think one of the best things about tongues is that you can't understand it. Because first of all, you'd start doubting right away. If God told you, if God had told me in 1982, now you're going to leave Texas and you're going to move to Alabama you don't think I would have fought that? Well, I mean, I wouldn't have had none of it. You know, I was a baby Christian. We had just got filled the Spirit. I was a baby. I was, I couldn't, I was, I, my grandmother who had been help, responsible for getting us filled the Spirit. And I remember we was driving the car one day. She's like, I want to go to Israel. And I'm like, no, you cannot go. You have to stay here with me. I mean, I wouldn't let her out of my sight. I, I needed help. I had to have a helper. Hallelujah. So I think she's probably touring Israel every day now, you know, that she's in heaven because I wouldn't let her go. <laughs> so it, doubt would mess us up if we knew things. And also, um, we would get in there sometimes and start to try to make things happen before it was time. Start trying to figure it out. So the good thing about tongues is you pray in the Spirit and you begin to process the plan and purposes of God in your life and you get it all done ahead of time. You can get out there years in advance so that when you get to that place, it's already done. You don't even need to pray. It's already done. It just falls into place, falls into position. Uh, I read something today. It says... uh, Wherever I lead you, now this is supposing you're doing this, is already prepared. And it will be best for you. You won't have to question if you're following my leading. You won't have to doubt if you're taking steps that I have revealed to your heart and ask you to walk out. He said, there are days and weeks and months coming where I'm calling individuals into my pre-planned position and place for them to walk into. And it will be the best place. That's what happens when you pray in the Spirit. 
You need to pray in the Spirit a lot. Hallelujah. A lot. Not just every once in a blue moon, not just every, you know, five minutes a day, but processing this plan. If you can get a vision that you are praying out the mysteries of your own life and for the kingdom of God, hallelujah, it'll be good to you. Praise God. Um, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know how far we need to go with this. Hallelujah. <clears throat> hallelujah. Praise God. Let's just um, praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Huh? Oh, I thought somebody. I was like, oh, good. They got the answer. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let's praise the Lord a minute. That might be the answer. Hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. We glorify you. Jesus, you are Lord. We're so thankful for you, Lord. We thankful, oh God. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Glory to God. Glory to your name. Thank you, Lord, for the Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for tongues. Thank you, Lord. Lord, make a way where there seems to be no way. Lord, open doors that have never been opened. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Pray this with me. Hallelujah. I'm going to say it and then you say it after me. Dear Father, I am hungry. Dear Father, increase my hunger for the kingdom of God, for the things of the Spirit, for the Word of God. Fill me up, fresh and new, with the Holy Ghost. Dear Father, give, give me a new level in speaking with other tongues. Give me a greater desire to work with this important key to the supernatural. Say, I am hungry for the supernatural. 
power of God in my life. I'm hungry for healing in my life, in my family, in my church, and in my city. I am hungry for a move of God in Alabama that will touch every person that will bring every person to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And I am hungry to see other people baptized in the Holy Ghost and speaking with tongues. Say, I renounce every work of darkness and anything of the devil that would hinder me in the things of the Holy Spirit. I renounce all witchcraft, all uh, playing with uh, other religions. I'll have none of it. I will not associate with these works of darkness. I renounce the occult, occultish movies. Demonic movies. Horror movies. I renounce these. I ask you to forgive me, Lord, for partaking of the devil and then trying to partake of the Holy Ghost. Wash me in your blood, dear Jesus. Forgive me and cleanse me. And forgive me, Lord, when I've ever mocked a minister of God those that speak in tongues when I've ever mocked the gifts of the Spirit forgive me Lord when I have uh, been disrespectful to the Holy Ghost and I ask you now to baptize me in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues And Lord, for those of us who have already spoke with tongues, we love and prize this precious gift. We will not be ashamed of it. And we will boldly proclaim that we are New Testament believers and we do speak with tongues. Not in order to be offensive, but in order to to flow with the supernatural power of God. Thank you, Lord, but for beginning a new work in me. Thank you, Lord. I trust you, Lord. Lord, your word says that if any person asks for the Holy Ghost... You will not give them an egg or a serpent or a snake. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You give good gifts to me. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. I praise you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. 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 Lord. I want you to 
I want you to commit to yourself that you're going to start praying in the Spirit till everything in your marriage is sorted out, everything in your children is sorted out, till everything in your own emotional realm is sorted out. Hallelujah. Praise God. Till everything in our finances is sorted out, till everything in our health is sorted out. And that we're the manifestation of we are manifesting divine health in Jesus' name. And then we're not going to quit. We're going to keep praying in the Spirit until it flows through us and starts affecting our county, our world. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. This is a powerful thing God has given us. Amen. Pastor, come and take it from here. Vranjo labre shimbre, kenve shiambro shika bohofra, ganjere bun zifrehete, ofre kalakai o kara bohunze, vrushutu, shutu kuku siapronga la bahatiato de, emunjele de ayata de dosi. I have set you in room, saith the Lord that you might enjoy that which I have at the place that you have grown to, to, to be. And I have opened many of the doors of the rooms that you now enjoy and that you abide and that you look through the windows and see the view. I have opened those doors by the prayers of others, by the faith of others, by the perseverance of others. They have made a way for you. And that which has been made for you, I have called upon you to move up from and make a way for others. So that it has come to you at this time, saith God, to, to break out of this room and open up the doors to the next room. Yes. Set yourself in agreement with me that there is more for you to do and more for you to have and more for you to be. Set yourself in agreement with my word that you're not finished until you're finished. Set yourself in agreement with me that I have equipped you and assigned you and set you on high, that indeed you are seated with me in heavenly places and that the realm that you enjoy is the realm that has come by faith. So begin to pray out my plans. Set yourself in agreement with me that there is more in this day than there ever has been, and that you should entreat it, that you should, that you should minister to it, and that you should have it in your life. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Say in the Holy Ghost. Decree in the Holy Ghost and establish in His name that which has been set aside for you. And doors will fly open. Doors will swing wide and you will walk in through that door to another room. And while that door is open, saith the Lord, others will come in with you. Others that have not prayed, others that have not seen, others that have not paid the price in the word of God. But they will enter in with you and enjoy that which you have wrought with your faith. But for them to come out of that room they will have to set themselves even as you have set yourself that you might bring to them an example, a demonstration of moving up higher. I have called you as a people. Think it not strange that I would call a people out to do a divine work in this day. Think it not strange that I have seen more in you 
than you have seen of yourself. And that looking at failure and looking at the physical and the human side would cause you to always fall short of that which I have seen and that which I have called. It is time and the hour is now and it is, it is incumbent for you to wake up. Wake up. Arise from your slumber and wake up. For this world will go as it has and nothing will be different. But my world, my kingdom, has never ceased to move. And if you will go with me, you will be moving with me. By revelation, by inspiration, by faith, nothing will line up with this world, but everything will line up with my word, and everything will line up in your heart. You will have my witness. Let my peace be the umpire that brings you to a place of agreement with me. You can do it. Therefore, you will do it. I am pleased with you, and I have set my faith in you, according to my word, that this work on earth shall be accomplished even as it is in heaven, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Whew, thank you, Lord. Say, I'm waking up. I'm paying attention. And I'm moving forward. Whoo, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Well, you know, we'd be disappointed if our children stayed five years old or ten years old or, or just stayed with us. You know, we'd be disappointed. It'd be the biggest disappointment if our children didn't grow up. There, you just, there wouldn't be anything that would be more disappointing to invest in our children and them just stay the same. And, you know, we've just got to, take, we've got to apply that as adults and say, you know, I'm a child too. I'm a child of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, if that, if that word tonight that she brought, if that didn't change your life, then we're just going to have to sweep you out and dust you off and run you through, <laughs> hose you down, because something's that was that was that was the word of that hour. Amen. Praise God. Well, we're not going to meet next Wednesday, so but we're not doing with any less finances in July.